We are the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Rachel. Welcome to episode 105 on the murder of Dorothy Stratton, Playboy model. Never heard of her. Really? No. Ooh, this is, I'm going to tell you some stuff. All right. I'm here for it. Well, I didn't know about it either until <laughs> I, until I was watching uh, Secrets of the Playboy Mansion on A and E. You ever mm-hmm. that show? I I what is it with you? You have always loved the Playboy stuff. Yeah, like the Girls Next Door. That was my shit. Yeah, like I don't know. Forever. I don't know why. I just connected with them. That's funny. Who is your favorite girl next door? Bridget. She was the middle one, not Holly and not Kendra, but she mm-hmm. liked ghost stuff. She liked dressing up for costume events. Oh, like, wait, is she, is she with Zach Baggins? No, that's Holly. That up? No, oh, Holly. Holly is with him. Yeah. Well, she, she likes ghost stuff too then. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. And I'm okay with it. Like, I hope they really work out but I hope so too (laughs) but yeah it's always been so interesting to me just like the whole lifestyle of it like it just seems crazy and it was crazy it is crazy yeah like they made it look real nice on that show but it wasn't and I read so I started we watching watching I started watching the um mysteries of the playboy mansion and then i wanted to read holly's book down the rabbit hole which is like about her whole time at the mansion mm-hmm. because i always thought like everybody else like oh hugh hefner is such like a sweet old guy it's like grandpa no ew gross he's no. disgusting yeah so then nobody thinks he's a sweet old grandpa, right? Yes, like nobody yeah. thought that. Yeah, like 89% of people. I'm sure of it. Ew. Yeah. No. And Gross. I thought that he stood for the empowerment of women. Wrong. It was wrong. <laughs> Incorrect about that. But I mean, uh, I am all for like women's right to work sex work is great like all of that but he was definitely like taking advantage of women and drugging them he he drugged them oh yeah i don't think i knew that quaaludes you need to watch it you need to watch it it's on demand series or is it like a movie no it's like a no it's like it's like a docuseries so there's several um depending on what you want to talk about they've got they interview a lot of the ex-girlfriends a lot of the ex-staff that used to work there like the playboy bunny mothers and all this stuff and it's just like holy shit like that shows you what money can do you can literally do whatever you want i feel like i have a really good idea of what went down i don't know if i need to watch the docuseries but i might it's very (laughs) interesting i was very um naive all of because it. because you were watching the girls next door and thinking it was all great yeah like you could order room service and they'd give you food you could go play at the pool show some titties whatever like did they show it. like because holly was like his girlfriend right like his main yes. girlfriend yes did they show like her like having to sleep with him yes so the, and- the girl next door show did 
well no so they don't really talk about it in the girls next door show but they kind of alluded yeah and i mean they said things that like oh yeah we've all three been been in his bed before and this and that but it wouldn't just be like three of them it would be like 10 of them well, and, at least maybe the attention wouldn't be on you and you could just like disassociate well, and that's for a while. What they did. That's <laughs> what they did. They would try to target new girls and bring them in so then they wouldn't have to do the dirty work. Like that's terrible. That is terrible. But it's true. And they uh Hugh Hefner didn't believe in condoms. So there was all kinds of like sexually transmitted diseases going on. Mm. Yeah rough yeah so Mm -hmm. i highly recommend it it is an eye-opener and i really enjoyed holly um holly's book down the rabbit hole that was it was just about her personal account um Mm -hmm. but i could definitely see where it would be hard to leave and you feel like you're draining you know throwing your whole career down the tube Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about it a little later, but Hugh's involvement in this particular situation uh, with this murder or lack huh. thereof, I guess. But before his, we get his into that, lack of participation, yes, okay, or lack of murder, <laughs> we well, didn't lack of participation, murder. correct? He didn't yeah. murder anybody, but he could have gotcha. done things to help stop it. But before we get into that, yes, I'm very this passionate is. about this. If you can, I can tell, tell. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got some business. Why don't you? Why don't you list off some stuff here? Well, we would really like it if you could like, share, and subscribe to yeah. any of our stuff. Really, I mean, yeah, Instagram, we got a TikTok. We do. There's um, not a lot of action on there, but um, yeah. One day, one I hope day, to one it. day, yeah. We'll we'll figure out how to make videos, and we'll embarrass ourselves, and you guys can watch. It'll be great. I want to so do the fun. Lizzo dance. Me too. I love that song. Me too. <laughs> I sent you. I've sent you a couple things on TikTok for like ideas. We just need to get together. Like we do this all the time, and we see each other for hikes now. Like yeah, every once in a while, but we don't really get to like spend a whole lot of time together outside of here. So we need to have a we'll day have of to, just like making TikToks videos <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like oh my god we're 35 and we have a TikTok day we might be too old but you know what we're gonna try it nah. yeah let's just do it not me let's do it so um yeah and then also please continue to give us suggestions for episodes we get the best ideas from you guys and we love doing the episodes and then we love getting your feedback on them so please continue to uh give us ideas and we'll add them to the list and do them and it'll be great yeah we've got quite a few suggestions which is super helpful Mm -hmm. um and then like last episode we talked about the amount of instagram followers that we were getting that's still continuing is it i don't don't know how but come on what is happening this is great yeah (laughs) yeah come on over i feel like i need a song like in uh, hocus pocus come little children (laughs) yes yeah perfect and then patreon two dollar five dollar tier always available we got some of those uh hundredth episode stickers left so 
just a few so just a couple let us know if you want a deal yeah free is free doesn't get better than that correct once in a lifetime opportunity Mm -hmm. yep once they're gone they're gone gone forever (laughs) and then the most exciting still yes august 27th do you want to hunt ghosts with us yes you do you do do, for sure go to eventbrite yeah go ahead yeah we're going well we're going to waverly hill sanatorium and it's a six-hour public investigation so you guys can join us uh we already got our tickets and yeah it's happening we're gonna have so much fun we had such a good time on our last one we're gonna have a super good time on this one i am so excited me too I feel like we need to get energy drinks because it's six hours. Yeah. When I saw, so like on our last one, what time did we start on our last one? Like seven or eight. It was, yeah. It was like not that late. dark earlier then though. And it ended at like 2 AM and I literally was falling asleep in the church pews at that one place. Like I fell asleep a couple of times sitting up. Yeah. So yeah. Midnight to 6 AM is going to be rough. <laughs> We're going to do it. We will. We'll figure it out. We'll have to take a nap or something. I love naps. I hate naps, but I'm going to take one. (laughs) I know. But yeah, please, uh, if you go to go to our Facebook group, we have an event on there for the Waverly Hills, or you can go to eventbrite.com, select Waverly Hills, and then do the August 27th date. Mm -hmm. It's a public investigation. So once those tickets are gone, they're gone. And yeah, if you have any questions, just message us too. Cause yeah. we're like, we always be messaging back. We read all of our messages. So, oh, yeah. and sometimes you'll know. get both of us messaging you and then we got gotta... probably pretty confusing. <laughs> yeah. We should probably like say who we are first, like do a little sign off underneath. Yeah. But like so- a or sometimes... R. Yeah. That's what we'll have to do. Cause sometimes we're messaging back at the same time mm-hmm. to the same person yeah so definitely confusing but this means we but, love yeah. love we do love love and we love talking to people so if you <laughs> do have like any questions or if you're like uncomfortable because i feel like if if i was listening to a podcast even if it was close to my house and they're like come join us for this investigation i i don't know i mean i might have questions well, i might yeah. want to go i might be nervous if you're nervous message us let us know that you might be interested a true crime podcast <laughs> you are conditioned to be nervous and you should be nervous. Yeah. You should ask us questions. Ask us questions. We're open background checks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get fingerprinted if that's what you need, but yep. What ifs? What ifs? (laughs) But yeah. So let us know. Anyways, anything else for the business? No. Okay. Do you want to get us started on Dorothy Stratton? Yeah. That last name. That's why I wanted you to go first. Thank you. So <laughs> Dorothy Ruth Hoogstraten was born February 28th, 1960 in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Her parents, Simon and Nellie Hoogstraten, had immigrated there from the Netherlands. In 1961, her brother John was born. And in 1968, her sister Louise was born. In 1977, Dorothy attended Centennial High School in Quitlam. That sounds good. Yeah. And worked part-time at a local Dairy Queen. 
It was there that she met Paul Snyder, who was a 26-year-old Vancouver area club promoter and pimp. You know it's good if he's a pimp. Yeah, it's usually not good if he's a pimp, so. (laughs) Stay away from him. (laughs) The two began dating, and he had a photographer take Dorothy's pictures in the nude, which he sent to Playboy magazine in the summer of 1978. Since she was under the age of 19, her mother had to sign a model release form for her. Yeah. Which that would be hard to do. What would you do if Lana came to you and was like, hey. I want to be in Playboy and I took these naked pictures. Can you sign this? Yeah. I mean, ask me when, ask me when she's 18. Cause I don't even know, like that's diff. I mean, I have no idea. I can't even imagine having an 18 year old. I don't know how I'm going to feel about her decision-making skills at 18. I mean, we would talk about it, but that's tough. And and it depends on like what the climate is at that time (laughs) of the world. Yeah. I mean, who knows, who knows, but and I couldn't even say from like the standpoint of if I had an 18 year old right now, cause I don't and have no idea what that would be like. Um, when I was 18, I don't know. I, I don't think my mom would have signed anything like that. I don't think so either. I don't think your mom would have, <laughs> and I would have never asked my mom. <laughs> my mom would probably have slapped me in the face. <laughs> I'd be like, can I get more t-shirts, please? I just need more t-shirts. Yeah. That's all I wore was t-shirts. Like, my tank top, my t-shirt, and my hoodie. <laughs> uh, I'll take some pictures with those. All right. <laughs> but her mom did. So there you go. Very open-minded. It's not even about being open-minded and boobies or whatever. It's more just like making sure that your kid doesn't get taken advantage of would be what I would worry about which I'm sure. And she's almost, I mean, she's an adult at that point. She's, yeah, you know, yeah. She's going to make her own decisions anyways, may as well just let her do what she wants to do. Yeah. In August, 1978, Dorothy moved to LA where she was a chosen finalist for the 25th anniversary great playmate hunt. So they liked her. Paul went with her and they ended up getting married in June of 1979 Instead of Hoog Stratton, Dorothy shortened her name to Stratton because it would look better on a magazine. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue a little bit more. Yeah. It's a little quicker. Uh, Dorothy was named Playboy's Miss Miss August 1979 and began working as a bunny at the Playboy Club in Century City, L.A. Hugh Hefner had high hopes for Dorothy and believed she had a career as an actress. She was in several episodes of Buck Rogers and Fantasy Island in 1979. So man, like the hits are coming quick for her. Quick, yeah. That same year, she had small roles in the film America-thon, Skate Town, USA, and a lead role in Autumn Born. Yeah, very fast. Mm -hmm. Um, March 22nd, 1980, Stratton flew to New York City to begin working on a new film project called They All Laughed, which was a romantic comedy. This would be her fifth movie in her career that just happened in 1978. And this was actually her first big budget picture. So this was starring 
John Ritter, and it was Aww. Dur- I know. Oh, I know he's dead, and I hate it still. Aww. I feel like I Me forget too. about it until I hear his and name, then and then you I'm see like, his Dah. name. Yeah, Aww. gone too soon. It was directed by Peter Bogdanovic, and I had to look up who this was, and he played in The Sopranos as Dr. Elliot. Kufenberg. So he was in that. He was in a bunch of other stuff, but he also directed things. So uh, Dorothy and Peter started an affair during that production. Rout row. Yep. Never good. Probably not a good idea to cheat on a pimp. No, they'll backhand <laughs> you real fast. She spent the first two and a half months of 1980 completing her Playmate of the Year shoot and making her previous movie Galaxina in Southern California. Because she was working so close to home, Paul Snyder became Dorothy's chauffeur, manager, and acting coach. His constant presence as all as his criticism of daily oh as well as his criticism of daily arguments with his wife caused Dorothy so much stress that her co-workers at Playboy and the Galaxina set took notice of the strain in their relationship so they're just like arguing in front of everybody and she's like stressed out all the time because of him correct in the spring of 1980 Paul demanded to accompany his wife to New York for the shoot um, of they all laughed But Dorothy recognized the problem he would be on set and wanted the freedom, of course, to meet with Peter while she was in New York. She ended up convincing Paul to stay home because the director closed the set to only the cast and crew, which wasn't really true. Dorothy and Peter had sex the day she arrived in New York on set. So she was just living her best life with uh, Peter. Why wouldn't she just cut Paul out? I know. I don't know why either. That just seems like the the smart move at that point. Right. So in April, Dorothy returned to California to prepare for her intro as the new Playmate of the Year and go on a publicity tour. This was the last time Paul and Dorothy would live together as there was still several months of filming left to do in New York. Like months and months and months of being gone in New Mm. York. Wednesday, April 30th, 1980, there was a luncheon that was held at the Playboy Mansion, and Dorothy was presented as the 1980 Playmate of the Year. Hugh Hefner noted that Dorothy would receive $200,000 in cash, and along with uh, gifts and the new title. And $200,000 in 1980, that's a good chunk of change. Along with the fact that whatever like publicity stuff i mean you could be like a club promoter and make Mm -hmm. tons of money doing that kind of not club promoter but you know do appearances places with that title for the year yeah yeah it opened up a lot of doors for people he also gave a speech on her combination of beauty intelligence and sensitivity he said she is something rather special they always are but dorothy is quite uh really quite unique So after the party, she appeared as a guest on ABC's The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. So tons of appearances lined up. NBC's. What did I say? ABC's. I like ABC. Okay. (laughs) But yes, you're correct. That doesn't change the fact. (laughs) (laughs) The the next day, Dorothy started a two-week promo tour in Canada. The first weekend, she had no events um, planned so she decided to take a trip to New York to surprise 
Peter. When back in Canada, Dorothy wrote to Snyder asking him for more freedom in their relationship. Ooh. Ask him for freedom or ask him for a divorce. <laughs> I think this so just for start. freedom. Yeah. Fearing his wife was beyond his control, he called her in response to the letter and just raged at her. Super pissed. Dorothy's tour was set to end in her hometown of Vancouver so she could spend a few days with her family before returning to New York to finish shooting the film. Instead of relaxing, Paul just showed up there uh, unannounced and begged her to spend time on her vacation making personal appearances at nightclubs because he's a freaking pimp. Okay, like when I said she could do that, I meant like when she wanted. <laughs> yeah, like for herself. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not not because her pimp husband wanted her to. Yeah. Snyder knew many of the club owners and negotiated an appearance fee for Dorothy. And he decided to pocket the entire amount himself while she went to go back to New York. So he's mm-hmm. a piece of crap. Uh, During this time, it was mentioned that the two had a heated argument, and during the fight, Dorothy offered to give up her acting career and everything and return to Canada to save their marriage, but Paul said nope. Yes, he wants money. Right. And he didn't want to have to do anything for it. Days and weeks later, Paul stewed over the difficulty of reaching Dorothy in New York because she busy. Yeah, friend. she's doing movie she's stuff, man. Filming a movie. Like, what do you want? In late June, a few weeks before their first wedding anniversary, Paul received another letter from Dorothy saying they were now physically and financially separated. There it is. There it is. I mean, not the best timing ever. I'll give it that. But I mean, you gotta a do what you gotta do. A letter is probably not the best way. That's like texting. <laughs> like, yeah. However, I mean, I feel like though she knows how explosive he is and probably didn't want to hear it. Yeah, she probably didn't want to do it with like to his face. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I would be scared also. Yep. So um, so in response to the letter, Paul emptied out the couple's joint bank account, had an affair with an old girlfriend, and hired a private detective to gather evidence on Dorothy and the affair he believed she was having with Peter. Peter. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he wasn't wrong. He cheated with an old, he had an affair with his old girlfriend. That was like after in the response fact. to this. I mean, that's not the adult thing to do. Yeah. I, I always think it's so weird. Why, why do you need a private detective to gather evidence on the affair? I, so you can ask for like alimony. Yes. So if you are caught doing something, what's the word? Uh, not allowed when you're married. Yeah, no. What is that called? Adulterous? Yeah. I don't know what yeah. you're looking Adultery. for here. That, that you could be compensated for that. Or they could rule in your favor for asking for the divorce or whatever the fact is. It just right. makes you look better. Hmm. But anyway. He kind of screwed the pooch there, no pun intended, whenever he uh, got with his old girlfriend, because now they're both doing that. Yeah. Because Snyder was living in the U.S. without a green card, because he's from Canada, he couldn't hold a job. Dorothy was still paying all of the household bills in California through her business manager, 
After all the bills were paid, there was very little left of the money. So in the summer of 1980, Paul began selling Dorothy's Playmate of the Year prizes for quick cash, one of which being her Jaguar sports car for $26,000. And at that time, it was a significant loss. How, How could you even, I don't know, how can you do that without like the title? It must have been in their names jointly. Or, you know, people buy cars without the title. Yeah, that's it's true. It's illegal, but they do it. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. True. I mean, he does have ties to not above board things, you know, like pimping. Yeah, like he might be able to find somebody that would be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll buy the car, whatever. It's That's so weird to me that she didn't like cut him out and like, why was she still paying the bills? Why did he have access to all of her stuff? Like, wouldn't you send somebody or like hire a company to move your stuff to storage or something? I know she's busy in New York, but like, I think it was more than that. I think that she probably felt guilty about the affair. I don't think that she necessarily wanted to hurt him. And I think she wanted to try to make it, and because he's so explosive, to try to, like, baby, you know, baby steps. But that doesn't always work. And sometimes you just got to rip that Band-Aid off, Mm -hmm. stay in New York, and don't look back. Yeah, I don't know about that life. I I don't know. That's crazy to me that you would leave all your stuff there and pay all of the bills for things for this guy that's doing nothing she should have moved to new york is what she should have done she should have just if that was going to be who she wanted to be with just moved to new york well i mean even they were only there to shoot a movie so maybe that's not where they were going to live yeah but just just getting your stuff into a storage or something to get that person away from your things especially if you have a jaguar you know what i mean like i'm not gonna leave all my super expensive shit around you well, and he already emptied out their bank account, so she yeah. knows that he's like hungry. Right. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So July 31st, 1980, Paul was aware that Dorothy was back in LA and living with Peter. So there you go. They moved back to LA. That night, he hid in the shadows outside his estate and carried a borrowed handgun. He intended to shoot anyone who appear- appeared at the entrance to the property. After several hours of nothing, Paul left and drove up into the hills overlooking the city. He admitted to a friend later he had thoughts of suicide. So he was going to kill somebody. Yeah. Yep. And then he was going to kill himself. But he didn't. He would have just killed himself. That's so, like, harsh to say. But if you're thinking about killing other people and then Mm. just, just kill yourself. You know, or just take cut your losses and go home. Like tomorrow is a brand new day. There's all sorts of opportunities in this world. Like he sounds like a terrible human, anyways. Right. Like not doing anything and being mean. But you know, goodness. Boo-hoo, Paul. We all feel so bad for you. Didn't have to work for all that living that you were doing in California. Right. Yeah. Crazy. August 8th, around noon, Dorothy and Paul see each other for the first time in nearly three months at Paul's home, which was the one that they used to share together in West L.A. 
Paul was very confident that this meeting would convince her to take him back. That's not the case. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy quickly admitted that she had fallen in love with Bogdanovich and wanted to file for separation. He agreed to meet Dorothy one more time the following week to discuss money. So he was still wanting some of that cheddar. Later that afternoon, Paul said he had to return the borrowed gun to its owner. And over the next five days, he was obsessed about trying to find a new one. That's never good. No. On August 9th, the day after his meeting with Dorothy, Paul and the private detective he hired went to a local gun shop. He was not able to purchase a firearm because he was not a U.S. citizen, and he asked the private detective to buy buy him one, but the private detective refused. When Paul saw the detective the next day, he tried to convince him to buy him a machine gun for <laughs> home protection. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But the detective talked him out of the idea. Like, does he really think everybody's so stupid? Apparently. <laughs> That's what cracks me up about, like, these narcissistic people. They just feel like everybody is so dumb. Like, right. so dumb. So thank God, though, this guy was like, nope. No. <laughs> Not <laughs> happening. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. August 11th, Paul drove to San Fernand, is what I was going to say, San (laughs) Fernando Valley to look at a gun he found for sale in newspaper, but luckily he got lost and was like, meh, I guess I'll go back home now. August 13th, 1980, Paul bought a used 12-gauge pump-action shotgun from a private seller in a classified ad. Later that evening, in conversations with friends, Paul told them cryptically that he was going hunting, quote. That's creepy. Ew. When I don't believe he's ever gone hunting at all before. Mm-hmm. He also bought, uh, brought up playmates who had unexpectedly died, like Claudia Jennings, who died in a car accident the year before, Paul said that Playboy would pull nude photos of dead playmates from the next issue. So I I don't know. I mean, if he was planning on killing her, she's not going to care if they pull her nude photos. Like she's not going to care. She's She's not going to be around to care. Right. So, I mean, it seems like at that point he's trying to hurt her career, but if she's dead, it's already been done. You know what I mean? Like, right. Nobody cares about their career after they're dead. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that. This is, this is another instance. I mean, I know we just did this for our, um, Patreon episode, but man, if you see something, say something. If your buddy is being weird, Tell somebody. Yeah. Maybe they can do something about it. I mean, if your friend who never goes hunting says they're going to go hunting and then starts talking about their soon to be ex wife, like, hello? Something's not right. Yeah. Things are not firing on all cylinders. Maybe be like, hey, uh, I like to hunt too. Let's go out to my buddy's property instead. Or like, (laughs) And then take him to the police station. Yeah. <laughs> and cuff him, do a citizen's arrest, whatever you have to do. This is not 
good. Yeah, this is not kosher. It's not good. What is happening here? So he basically, oops, excuse me, told people that he had bad ideas. Yeah. And who are these friends? Like, if you told me that you wanted to go essentially hunt somebody down. Yeah. You're going to stop me. Yeah. And the same, the same. That's right. You got to pick good friends. If I ever, (laughs) if I ever tell you I'm going hunting period ever, just know that I am not. Nope. You're going to go kill someone. (laughs) Right. Because you've never gone hunting. Yeah. And nor will I. So I I feel like I'd more likely be going to kill someone than going hunting. Yeah. (laughs) That's just not okay. So August 14th, 1980. um, So the next day, Dorothy arrived at Paul's around noon. She had spent the morning discussing the settlement she would offer her husband. Dorothy's manager told her that she would save time by holding a meeting all at once and handing him the separation and divorce negotiations. But Dorothy insisted she would like to do this by herself because she would like to remain his friend. So she's trying to be nice. This poor girl. Yep. No. Yeah. No. Paul had two roommates that had left in the morning when Dorothy arrived at home. At his home. When the roommates got home around 8 p.m., Dorothy's car was still parked out front and Paul's bedroom door was closed. So they assumed that they had, you know, the, 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 and yeah. were doing it. Bow chicka bow wow. So they no. gave them their privacy. The roommates spent the next few hours watching TV in the living room. Paul's private detective called the house and told the roommates to check on the two of them. The roommates entered the bedroom around 11 p.m. They found the bodies of both Dorothy and Paul. Each had been killed by a single blast from Paul's shotgun. Both bodies were naked. According to police timeline, Paul raped Dorothy, then shot her in the face with the shotgun about an hour after her arrival to the house. Then he committed suicide about an hour after he had murdered her. Dorothy was 20 years old and Snyder was 29. That is so awful. And just to think like of those roommates were just like watching TV. Watching TV. Oh, could you imagine like, no, holy shit. They've been dead this whole time. Like crazy. That is crazy to think about being out somewhere watching TV with. Yeah. That happening. Yeah. That's crazy. I could, she was only 20, 20. And just think about all that stuff that she had so fast and she Mm -hmm. could have been the next biggest superstar we've ever known everything was going for her and Mm -hmm. all because she was trying to be nice to a piece of shit guy and that is a true like i know that what is it my favorite murder always says um don't be nice and don't get murdered or whatever it is that is Mm -hmm. true and i struggle with that and i know you do too like i I probably am a little more like i can't i don't know I'm surprised I haven't been murdered. <laughs> yeah. There's been too some nice decision-making skills, but I don't know. I mean, there's nothing redeemable about this guy. It sounds like they fought and he was like unsupportive and also just like really taking advantage of her. And I don't know. I don't know what that is. Like when you're maybe age, like being younger, I don't know. Yeah, that could be that she didn't, you know, and that was, I'm sure that whenever they got married, she loved him and that's Mm -hmm. hard going through a divorce and 
everything that you've known. Yeah, everything you've known. And and he's the reason why she got into Playboy because he was trying mm-hmm, to make a did buck. All that, mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. not like he had good intentions for her. He was just trying to make money. But yeah, I don't know. The whole like they she would like to remain his friend thing, that I feel like is a is a thing that usually I feel like people like age out of that. Like eventually yeah. you realize like, you don't need to be friends with everyone. Some Correct. people are just not good for you. <laughs> yeah. And but, I think, I mean, and maybe too, what happened is because Paul was so like hell bent on the fact that he was going to win her back Yeah, and it didn't work out the first meeting, but maybe he thought, okay, well, whenever she comes over to the house, this is, you know, things will be better. And then it didn't work out again. And he got really pissed and this is what happened. And but what somebody way... knew that well, this was yeah, going to the, the people he was talking to the night before mm-hmm. knew. Like, I don't know. And what a shotgun is a terrible choice. I, yeah. For, I mean, not necessarily to kill someone else, but to kill yourself. Like, that would be such a, a hard thing to hassle. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be difficult. Yep. So sometime after midnight in the early morning of August 15th, the private detective phoned the Playboy Mansion and told Hugh Hefner that Dorothy had been murdered. Hefner then called Bogdanovich, who collapsed after hearing the news. Dorothy's mother was told of her daughter's death at her home by an officer of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Um, Her body was cremated and interred at the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery in L.A. Hmm so young so young so much life to live and snuffed out for no good reason whatsoever yeah all right in 1984 so this is four years after her murder peter was obviously infatuated with her whenever she was alive um, and he ended up writing a book called the killing of a unicorn which was a biography and detailed their affair. He throws in some really heavy allegations that Hefner had assaulted Dorothy whenever they were alone um, at the Playboy Mansion, like the first time that she was there. Mm -hmm. He said that Dorothy married Paul to stop Hef's advances. He said that Dorothy hated nude modeling and was only using this to get into acting, which I think that probably happens to a lot of girls. This is their way in. Um, Yeah, sure. And that Hefner was responsible for sparking Paul's rage as he was banned from the Playboy Mansion a few days before the murder. And then also in that, um, in that, secrets of the yeah the secrets of the the mansion yeah they talk about how uh, a lot of workers from the mansion say how hef knew of the kind of rocky relationship Mm -hmm. yeah and there were several times when hef could have helped her kind of get out of it but he didn't do anything about it and whenever he was told about her death he didn't miss a beat and he just asked for a new girlfriend to bring upstairs Ew. And then in the public, he wants to say how, like, it's a tragedy and how he's so upset about it. But then really, meh, he didn't really care, Gross. which is sad. I, you know, even if he would have offered her help, though, 
It sounds like she would not have taken it because it sounds like she was offered some help. She could have taken uh, what her attorney to the house for that meeting, which would have been a good choice. Well, and you know, that um, Bogdanovich, I mean, he was a very well-off person with money and if it would have been a money situation, I mean, he would have helped her get out of that situation too, I'm sure. Yeah, so, it just seems like she wanted to be like amicable. Yeah. Interesting that they would meet to like go over the settlement and stuff at his at his residence too. Because you would think if you're in like a separation situation, it's not like you're going to like go spend private time with somebody. You're usually yeah. going to be like, let's go to a, a restaurant or somewhere yeah. public to like go over these things not into somebody's bedroom yeah that's weird it could have just been you know she was 20 yeah she didn't know any better unfortunately and and that's things that a lot of us have to learn the hard way and it just was a very hard lesson for yeah both of them Mm. all right so let's get weird Let's get weird. Get some weird stuff. Okay. Weird stuff. At the very beginning, we told you that Dorothy had a sister, Louise Stratton. At the time of Dorothy's murder, Louise, who was 12 at the time, was staying in Hollywood visiting Dorothy and Bogdanovich. He couldn't bear the thought of telling Louise her sister was dead, so he sent her back home to Canada. That's not weird. That's not the weird yet. Is it not? Keep going. I can't wait to see your face. (laughs) Oh, God. Bogdanovich could not stay away, so he made contact with Dorothy's mother, Nellie, and invited her and Louise to live with him in Hollywood as he worked on a book about Dorothy. They agreed, and he spoiled them with money, new clothes, and all their bills were paid. He wanted Louise to always have access to him, so he installed a phone in her room in case she needed to call him at night when she was- 12 yeah what that's pretty weird that's gross it is louise and uh, nelly went back i already to see canada. where this is going i don't want to know that's not okay <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fine i mean it's weird but it's not like weird louise and nelly went back to canada in 1982 but Bogdanovich was always in their lives. He joined them on several family vacations and he just kept getting closer and closer to Louise. In 1987, Louise appeared in one of his films, Illegally Yours, which is funny, at her first acting role. Ew. So at that point, let's see. So she was 12. Mm-hmm. So she's 19 in 1987. Yeah. Yes. 18 or 19. Yeah. So on December 30th, 1988, the next year, in a very quiet ceremony, Bogdanovich, who was 48 at the time, and Louise, who was 20, married with none of her family invited. That's weird. I knew that's where that was going. Why? Now, I will say, this is not in the notes. Whenever I was doing research, Bogdanovich has had a very tumultuous relationship with many women those who he has put in his films so it's almost like an infatuation with the girl that's the lead character he'll date them or marry them and then whenever he does another film 
it's kind of like a vicious cycle. Like on to the next just, one. Mm-hmm, yes. That is so strange. It is. So Lu- Louise and Bogdanovich stayed together for over a decade. And after 12 years of marriage, the two divorced in 2001. Louise began a successful career and recently starred in Django Unchained and It Chapter 2. <laughs> recently with quotation marks around it. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> within the last decade. <laughs> Um, so Peter died on January 6, 2002 at the age of 82. Yeah. And Louise Stratton's relative was quoted as saying, Peter was so in love with Dorothy that the only person he really even associated with was that little baby sister. That's a weird way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) that is the little baby sister um i mean she was consenting yeah when they got married at the age when they got married yeah i really hope nothing happened before that i mean who knows what those late night phone calls were um i don't know it's very interesting it is very odd um but i mean they must have been okay if they were with each other for 12 years yeah yeah Mm. that's a long time to to be together that age difference is pretty large yeah so that piece i did not know anything about (laughs) when i started doing this i was like holy how this all ended yeah like really because the whenever i was like just glancing i was like oh he was married to louise stratton uh <laughs> yeah wait a who's second. that yeah. hold on that's <laughs> keeping it in the family uh-huh. so, very very interesting <laughs> so for my sources i went to wiki.com foxnews.com and the sun.com um but yeah i highly recommend you know we i got a lot of information from that secrets at the mansion documentary on a and e and i really recommend holly's book there was another lady that had written a book uh her father was the doctor of hugh hefner so all Hmm. those quaaludes that he was drugging people with he was the one prescribing them and so he was like unknowing like he unbeknownst to the people drugging them yes well no not so much unbeknownst he was pretty much saying hey you, you want, want a quaalude, quaalude? and they're okay, like oh, that's, okay okay that makes me feel a little bit better because i didn't know if you meant he was like i think they'll cause being them or yeah. like offering drugs to them and you know none of it's great i feel like it was kind of a mixed bag like i feel like people were probably like yes please um if i'm gonna sleep with you for my yeah, career i, I would remember. love a quaalude or yeah. five <laughs> well in the um in the series it said that there was like um five people in the office including and then half himself they all had prescriptions for quaaludes so in order to not get caught they would each have a prescription and then they get them and store them in like huge vases of just yeah. like like candy at your grandma's yeah. in a yeah. nice crystal bowl <laughs> yeah let grandpa dig a quaalude out of his pocket for you <laughs> yeah God. disgusting yeah. it's not okay i mean that is just like the peak of all of it 
yeah, you know, dirty, <laughs> just dirty really stuff. is. I'm so glad that we are getting away from that, but it that is just like the pinnacle of it. But Ugh. this kind of shit though could have been this could still be anywhere. If you have the amount of money that they have, it still happens. It's untouchable almost. Like, and that's what's so terrifying. And everybody wants to, you know, and even still now, all of these people were so afraid of what Hef could do because he had cameras everywhere. And what he would do is he would tape record everything. That way, if somebody tried to put, you know, Playboy on blast, like they're doing this or they're doing that, it's like, oh, well, do you want me to show your wife that you were doing this? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so he was blackmailing all these people. Wow. Yeah. But that's interesting. Point- I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm very happy. Like you said, it's still, it could be going, these kinds of things probably are still going on for sure but I feel like with the way like the direction our media has gone and things like that people are being exposed because the right people that aren't doing anything wrong are finding out about it and are like okay like I don't I have no skin in that game I will put you on blast (laughs) and now that phones are in literally everybody's hands yeah you can't get away with anything at any time Yeah, yeah, you're not the Hugh Hefner is not the only one recording. So is everybody else in the right. party. <laughs> yeah, for Snapchatting sure. Snapchatting and TikToking and whatever. <laughs> All those things. <laughs> <laughs> whatever newfangled machine traption apps these kids are doing <laughs> these days. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Well, interesting well, story. Very crazy. Thanks for sharing. Yes. So we hope you enjoyed episode 105 on Dorothy Stratton, the Playboy murder. And we hope you have a fantastic week and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.